Welcome to C. diff spores and more with your host, Nancy Kerala. We are here to discuss C. diff, healthcare associated infections, and other related healthcare topics. Now, here is your host, Nancy Kerala. Welcome to the program, and thank you so much for joining us today on C. diff spores and more. We would like to take this opportunity to thank our sponsor, Clorox Healthcare. Visit the Clorox Healthcare website, cloroxhealthcare.com, to learn more about keeping environments safer with Clorox Healthcare. It is our pleasure to introduce our two guests today, Beth Myers, BSN, and Wendy Benson, Occupational Therapist, both of Two Times Two Health, and um, introducing and discussing the Confident Patient Part 2 today. At this time, I would like to welcome our two guests to the program. Welcome, Beth and Wendy. We're so glad to have you here. Excited to be here. Thank you so much, Nancy, for having us. Well, Beth, if you wouldn't mind taking a moment to introduce yourself and just share a little bit of your background with our listeners, that would be wonderful. Hi, yes. Thanks for having us. Um, so my name is Beth Myers, and I am a nurse. Um, I was in uh, working in a large medical academic medical center for over 15 years um, when I saw that there was a need um, as there was this gap in healthcare, care. Um, and so I started 2 by 2 Health at that time, hoping to um, close that gap for individuals as they're seeking health care. Wonderful. Thanks so much, Beth, for your introduction and for being with us here today. And Wendy, would you mind introducing yourself to our listeners today? It would be my pleasure. Thank you again for having us, Nancy. Um, you know, I was educated as an occupational therapist and worked with um, patients of all different diagnoses in all different settings. And um, as I continued to learn and grow in my field um, in healthcare, I started seeing this um, this need that, that wasn't being met for patients. So I got my MBA and worked at a level one trauma center and an academic medical center. Also worked in some community healthcare environments. And what we really saw is, like Beth mentioned, is that healthcare can continue even when you're discharged from the hospital. So we teamed together. Uh, Beth founded Two by Two Health six years ago, and it's really been a great experience to partner with patients and their medical providers just to try to, you know, to provide the support they need, the guidance that they need, and um, and so that we can all be more confident in our healthcare. And it's the perfect, perfect setting. And what you both do is incredible work. And we just applaud your success and all of the information and support that you offer to the community. So we say thank you to that. And right now, I'm going to ask Beth, if you wouldn't mind sharing the information about what is a caregiver and our listeners are so anxious to learn more about this. Yeah, so the majority of us have either cared for somebody at some point of their life or we will be doing that um, at some point of our life. Um, so that could be taking care of a family member or someone you bring into your home often has a number of responsibilities. Um, and, you know, my generation is really considered the sandwich generation because we have responsibilities with our children as well as our aging parents. So we define caregivers as anybody who's helping another person um, with their care. Wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing that, Beth. And Wendy, what are some of the responsibilities of caregivers? You know, it's just such a broad definition, isn't it, Nancy? I mean, when we think about how we help support the people in our family or in our community, it can be something as simple as, um, you know, going to the grocery store for someone. It can, you know, help someone order a meal, but then it can also be all-encompassing. It can be, you know, a 24-7 responsibility where you're helping somebody with their positioning, with meals, with bathing, with getting ready um, in the morning. And so this is something that, you know, is just such a wide continuum, the caregiving process. And it's very typical for those of us that are providing care for our loved ones to feel overwhelmed. And we have to be really careful to take care of ourselves also. It's a huge responsibility to care not only for others, but for ourselves, because we can really become vulnerable to compassion fatigue. Exactly. And that we've seen that happen, even when taking um, caregivers are taking care of patients with C. difficile. And, you know, Wendy, we applaud you and, and Beth so much. And if you wouldn't mind taking a moment to tell us about why you and Beth wrote your book, The Confident Patient. I'd be happy to. You know, Beth is a nurse, myself as an occupational therapist. We worked in various clinical um, settings. And what we found is, is even though 
each person and each family has their own situation. Everyone has their own unique needs. These common themes kept emerging. We kept hearing that people were nervous to ask questions or they didn't know the questions to ask. It was really because of these discussions with our patients and their family members that we put our heads together and said, we really need to spread this information more broadly. This has to be available to people. We really wanted to um, put something together with a confident patient to really help support people in their healthcare journey. You know, each day we strive to help others navigate, you know, people through the complexities of healthcare. And this book, you know, it's a paperback book. It's easy to slide in your um, to-go bag or something. It's, it's easy to just grab and read a chapter here and there because it really is a supportive guide that helps um, individuals and their family kind of figure out the healthcare world. Exactly. And Beth, what was the inspiration for you and Wendy to write your book? Sure. So Two by Two Health was launched after we saw patients and families frustrated, not knowing where to turn or how to navigate the complicated healthcare system. So the creation of the company was born out of a desire to help patients actively partner with their medical team to navigate the system as quickly and as efficiently as possible. So our book, The Confident Patient, is the ultimate roadmap to guiding patients and their loved ones on who to connect with, what to ask, and how to move forward on their healthcare journey. Thank you so much. And, you know, you both have done so much in collaborating. And Wendy, what was your and Beth's goal in writing The Confident Patient? You know, um, my mother years ago um, went through um, a terminal illness. And even though I'm an occupational therapist and know some medical terminology, dealing with it on a personal level, it's really challenging to be a loved one who's supporting um you know, a family member and think strategically. And so what we wanted to do is to provide a guide so that people kind of had a how to navigate the healthcare system. Um, the confident patient really coaches patients and their families through this healthcare system. We provide real life um, patient stories of people that we've worked with through, over the years. Um, we give sample questions that people can use either as they're written or, you know, adjust them to their specific need. And then we really include a lot of advice from medical professionals across the country that we talked with. The same themes we kept hearing again and again is ask for a second opinion. Your medical team wants to be involved. If you're confused by something, make sure you ask the questions. If you can't think of, you know, a different way to ask questions, say, let's take a step back. I really want to learn more about this. I really want to make sure that I'm doing everything I can to be healthy for myself and for the people that that are part of my community and my family. Wonderful. Thank you so much. We appreciate that. And we're five minutes away from our first commercial break. And Beth, uh, if you wouldn't mind sharing something uh, that we have not discussed before, and that's your foundation. Would you mind introducing that? Sure. And the 2 by 2 Health um, Foundation or just my foundation in the uh, Is it Amy's Army? Oh, oh, Abby's Army. Yeah, so Abby's, Abby's Army. Army. Um, yeah, um, so the Abby's Army Foundation was founded. Um, my niece was diagnosed with cancer uh, 10 years ago, actually, uh, this, this year, um, and needed a stem cell transplant. And so we created Abby's Army to help um, other families um, that were in need um, with, it's kind of like a small make-a-wish. So we... Um, when people are sick or families are sick, um, you know, maybe they need help with paying their uh, mortgage or the rent or they need gas money to go to the doctor's appointments or they need, uh, you know, we, we've helped people make um, a clothing line. Uh, that was her last wish was to make a clothing line. We had somebody who um, needed help buying a prom dress. So it's kind of a, like a little make-a-wish that we are able to help people in their time of need. That's amazing. And thank you so much for all that you have done. And you put your professional and your family lives together in creating that. And, uh, you know, we, we know that you and Wendy have done so much for community. And before we go to commercial break, Beth, what is the most typical family, uh, like the number one question that you get from your clients? Can you share that with us? You know, the one thing that I, you know, that it's not all of our clients are completely different. The one question that we always ask is what's going on? 
like just as simple as can be. You know, everyone has this long, complicated story, but in the end of the day, like what's our goal here? That's what we always ask. What's going on and what's our goal? And once we figure that out, then we can help navigate um, the system um, to, meet, to meet anyone everyone's needs as best as possible. Exactly. And that's a great place to start. Great question. And right now, uh, we are going to pause for a commercial break. When we return, we will continue discussing The Confident Patient Part 2 with our guests, Beth Myers and Wendy Benson. Please stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Because C. difficile lives on surfaces for weeks, because it infects nearly 500,000 Americans yearly, you need disinfectants you can trust. Clorox Healthcare bleach products, cited by more studies to kill C. diff than any other products. EPA registered to kill C. diff in as fast as three minutes. Trusted disinfectants to kill C. diff spores in hospitals, because even one C. diff infection is too many. Learn more at CloroxHealthcare.com. Join us on November 4th and 5th for the 9th Annual International C. diff Conference and Health Expo. This will be a live two-day online event dedicated to healthcare professionals worldwide. For conference details and to register, please visit the conference website at cdiff2021.com or the C. diff Foundation's website at cdifffoundation.org and plan ahead for next year when we look forward to meeting you in person on November 3rd and 4th, 2022 at the Boston Logan Hilton hotel have you done any of these things today exited a restroom entered and exited a patient's room visited a doctor's office have you done this today washed your hands hand washing remains the single most important task of the day it takes soap water a minimum of 30 seconds and a clean dry towel to turn off faucets and dry hands to stop giving germs a free ride keep safe from germs worldwide hand washing number one in infection prevention. For additional information on hand-washing instructions, visit cdifffoundation.org. If you missed the live broadcast of C. diff spores and more, we invite you to listen at your leisure. In addition to the on-demand show on Voice America Health and Wellness, find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio. Take us with you worldwide. You are listening to C. diff spores and more. If you have a question, please send an email to info at cdifffoundation.org. Now back to our program. Here again is your host, Nancy Kerala. Welcome back to the program and thank you for joining us today. We are uh, joined with our guests, Beth Myers and Wendy Benson, here to discuss the Confident Patient Part 2. And we appreciate their time and their support through what they do in the communities for the patients and their families. And it's a pleasure to reintroduce them to the program. Welcome back, Wendy. Welcome back, Beth. Thanks. Wonderful. We're pleased to be here. Oh, we're so grateful that you're here today with us. And thanks for taking the time out of your busy schedules. And, you know, Beth, we know that you have such an important role and you help, you know, help you enjoy helping everyone in your community. And can you tell us about your business, the two times two, two by two health? Sure. So two by two health stands for two sets of eyes and two sets of ears in all of your doctor's appointments. So it's a team of experienced healthcare professionals who fill the gaps, providing coordination of services, clinical companionship and recovery care for individuals and their families. Uh, currently, we are based in Chicago, um, or the Chicagoland area, uh, and we believe everyone is part of the same care team. The team is built on mutual respect in sharing a common goal. With the complexities of, of healthcare and the complicated, challenging information being delivered, we're there to communicate, guide, translate, and ad- advocate, but, but proactively empower, by and proactively empowering individuals and their families, we ensure that they can make informed decisions and create better outcomes. Wonderful. Thanks so much for sharing that, Beth. 
And Wendy, what tip or piece of advice can you share with our um, listeners today and, and to inspire them during their journey? You know, research tells us that practicing gratitude increases our physical and our mental health. And gratitude is something that we can do right now, like right this very moment. Like I think we could all take this moment and think about a number of things that we are grateful for. When we recognize and express gratitude, these are concrete ways that we can like improve our own health and wellness right now immediately. So I think that it's beneficial for all of us to take a moment throughout the day and think about what we are grateful for right now in our current life, in our current day, in this current hour. Right now, I'm grateful that we're talking to you, Nancy. This is an opportunity for us all to take a moment to be grateful, to um, really recognize what we ourselves need, how we can provide that support for others in our community and for ourselves. And I think that when we do that, it's important because this is something that we can recognize and show gratitude towards each other, and it makes a difference in our lives, and it builds the relationships and those that we connect with regularly. We couldn't agree with you more. Thank you so much for sharing that. Amazing. And, and Beth, what do you find most fulfilling during your day? Sure. You know, the reason why I became a nurse um, was I just wanted to help people and try to make, you know, their life a little easier. So, you know, my favorite part of the day is just helping people. Yesterday, I was um, at a physician's office, you know, volunteering, giving COVID vaccines. Um, And that made me, you know, feel good at the end of the day that, you know, I I was able to help people. Um, Empowering patients. Um, you know, when we get that letter at the end of helping someone and they say, we couldn't have gone through this without you, or, you know, you, you took, you know, you, you took so much, um, you know, you helped us with so much, you made it just so much easier. That to me is fulfilling. So it really, it really reminds me back what we're doing right now. It reminds me of why I went into nursing and, um, you know, it wasn't about running around and getting orders from physicians and, but it was really about just taking care of people and making their lives a little better. And we know that you do, Beth, and thank you so much for all that you do for the patients and the community. And, you know, Wendy, research shows patients managing chronic diseases or mental health issues may have anxieties about going to the doctor, getting their labs done, or having surgery, during, especially during the pandemic. What are some questions the patients and caregivers can ask their medical providers to ease the anxiety uh, about entering a doctor's office or hospital for an appointment during this pandemic? Uh, That's an excellent question, Nancy. I think that um, even before the pandemic, um, caregiving can be incredibly overwhelming and stressful. Even before the pandemic, going to a doctor's appointment or um, having a surgery or procedure is anxiety-provoking. So these are things that um, already many people didn't love doing, and then you add a pandemic on top of it, and it's just increasingly challenging. Um, There are some steps that we can take so that we can feel like at least we have a plan of action. Um, You know, it's really important to make sure not to miss these appointments. Um, You know, first, call ahead. If you're feeling anxious at all, call ahead to the doctor's office and ask about what safety precautions they're taking. The medical field is has done a really great job of making sure that people that are coming in are staying safe. Um, so find out what they themselves and that your medical providers are doing to, you know, to keep you safe and to make sure that you can continue to have your appointment. Um, oftentimes, there are forms now that can be filled out in advance, and that can be a huge time saver. And frankly, sometimes it's better to do in the comfort of your own home anyway. So find out if there are forms, um, any intake information that you can provide even before going physically to the doctor's office. And then third, there are some doctor's offices that are having you call the office when you arrive and letting you know if the wait time is more than a few minutes, they may have you wait in your car or go for a walk outside so that you're not spending as much time in the waiting office. 
I always recommend personally to bring your own pen. I, that's something I started doing even before the pandemic. And, and now it makes me feel comfortable just to have my own things. Um, so I think that sometimes if we have these things identified in advance, we know we're doing everything we possibly can to stay as safe as possible. Exactly. And great information and great tips to help the patients and their families Thank you so much, Wendy. And Beth, as many of our listeners know, getting a C. difficile diagnosis is really scary, especially for the patients, because some of them actually understand it's really contagious. Uh, the symptoms can range from being a inconvenience to actually life-threatening. And the patients and their families may never have even heard of a C. diff infection uh, and know the treatment options. So, this can be a case for other diagnosis. It's important to speak up and ask the questions while patients continue to get difficult diagnosis and need medical attention. What strategies do you have that you can help with the patient struggling with making decisions on course treatment, second opinions for surgery, and so on and so forth? Yeah, so we encourage patients to have an open and honest conversation with your doctors and healthcare team about your concerns and fears and also your goals with the treatment or surgery. Your goal might be completely different than the physician's goal. So that really, I think, is number one, and and you need to say up front what your goals are. Um, You need to be confident in knowing that the medical institutions are taking precautions to make uh, the procedures and treatments safe given the constant changes during uh, occurring during covid um, you know, when you think about all the, um, you know, the different things that shut down during COVID, you know, hospitals stayed open, um, and that's where people go. We're we're always thinking there that everybody is sick there. So nothing really has changed except now you see um, healthcare providers wearing masks. But um, it, it, it's a safe place to be. It really is. Um, and always keep in mind, there's more risk for not getting a recommended treatment than staying home due to COVID concerns. So if you're having symptoms. Um, or questions or concerns, I, I highly recommend, you know, reaching out to your healthcare team and talking to them. You know, it has been great. Um, now there's more uh, healthcare being done over the internet. I know it's harder sometimes for um, the elderly to, you know, type on the computer or use the computer, but it's a great way or resource for you to talk to your caregivers um, and really, you ask questions by typing out, and I feel like you get responses quicker, and I like it because it's in the electronic medical record. So um, that's a legal document. So you, you know your answers are going to get, your questions are going to be answered that way. So I really think that's the best thing for people to do, too. Wonderful. Thanks so much, Beth. And, 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 and sorry, and one more thing. <laughs> sorry. Uh-huh. That's um, fine. And, you know, tell them you're really you're really concerned about coming in and and is there any way that we can do this over the phone or, you know, tell them what your concerns are um, so they can, they can help meet your needs. Exactly. We're actually here in Florida. We're back to telehealth and, you know, because the more the COVID numbers go up, the less we're going back into the offices. So yes. uh, And we are grateful for that option, you know, But, you know, Beth, you are speaking to families about a lot of issues and working with the caregivers every day. What type of involvement from patients, families, and caregivers have doctors mentioned that have been helpful to the medical team? Yeah, so um, one of the most important things is, you know, treat your your appointment with the doctor kind of like a business meeting. Go in there, have an agenda, write down your questions beforehand. Um, so that's number one, kind of have goals in there. Like you want to leave, you know, having these things or metrics met or discussed. Um, you know, that the medical team says it's helpful if caregiver participate in the, in the appointments by taking notes and asking questions. You know, I know when I go to the doctor, you know, I'm always thinking of the next thing that I, if it's my own appointment, I'm thinking, I'm not really listening to the doctor. I'm thinking about things that I want to ask him and make sure that I don't forget about it. So having someone else there helps with really telling the full story, making sure you're not leaving anything out. Um, And then make sure you're all in alignment with next steps, meaning the caregiver, the patient, and those on the medical team are all on the same page. Um, and the patient clearly understands um, options. Make sure you know who's going to call, you know, after you get a test result, who's going to be the one that calls. Am I calling you? Are you calling me? Which, when should I expect to have that? Um, so really, you just really want to make sure that there's good communication 
just like with any other part of, you know, in your life, it's, it's good to have open and honest communication. Okay, and Beth, we have three minutes before we go to break, and I, we wanted to know, is it good for the patient to bring their healthcare advocate or their healthcare surrogate with them to these appointments? Absolutely. Now, I will say, I, when I go with a patient to the doctor, I never say pa- uh, patient advocate, um, just because I feel like the doctor feels like he's the advocate. And why do you need somebody else there? He may, he may feel like that. Um, so I always say care coordinator um, or private nurse. Um, and I, I always want people to know that we're all on the same team. I'm not there to, you know, to, um, to, to get you or say like, well, what about this? What about that? Like, of course, I'm going to make recommendations if, you know, maybe. And a lot of the times people say, oh, that's a really good idea. But, you know, really I'm there to listen and make sure that the, the plan of care that the doctor thinks is a good plan gets carried through. And if not, why is it not happening? And then communicate it back to the doctor so we can make sure that it is a good plan of care for the patient. Okay, very good information. Thank you so much for sharing that. And right now we are going to pause for our commercial break. When we return, we will be continue discussing The Confident Patient Part 2 with our guests, Beth Myers and Wendy Benson. Please stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Because C. difficile lives on surfaces for weeks, because it infects nearly 500,000 Americans yearly, you need disinfectants you can trust. Clorox Healthcare bleach products, cited by more studies to kill C. diff than any other products. EPA registered to kill C. diff in as fast as three minutes. Trusted disinfectants to kill C. diff spores in hospitals, because even one C. diff infection is too many. Learn more at CloroxHealthcare.com. To help support the C. diff foundation, please visit our website, cdifffoundation.org forward slash donate or call toll free 1-844-4-C-DIFF. That's 1-844-367-2343. Join us in our fight against C. diff and help us continue our mission of educating and advocating for C. diff infection prevention, treatments, and environmental safety worldwide. Through your continued support, we can continue raising C. diff awareness and help save lives. Donate today. Visit cdifffoundation.org. Thank you. If you missed the live broadcast of C. diff spores and more, we invite you to listen at your leisure. In addition to the on-demand show on Voice America Health and Wellness, find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio. Take us with you worldwide. Join us on November 4th and 5th for the 9th Annual International C. diff Conference and Health Expo. This will be a live two-day online event dedicated to healthcare professionals worldwide. For conference details and to register, please visit the conference website at cdiff2021.com or the C. diff Foundation's website at cdifffoundation.org and plan ahead for next year when we look forward to meeting you in person on November 3rd and 4th, 2022 at the Boston Logan Hilton Hotel. Have you done any of these things today? Exited a restroom? Entered and exited a patient's room? Visited a doctor's office? Have you done this today? Washed your hands? Hand washing remains the single most important task of the day. It takes soap, water, a minimum of 30 seconds, and a clean dry towel to turn off faucets and dry hands to stop giving germs a free ride. Keep safe from germs worldwide. Hand washing, number one in infection prevention. For additional information on hand washing instructions, visit cdifffoundation.org. You are listening to C. diff spores and more. If you have a question, please send an email to info at cdifffoundation.org. Now back to our program. Here again is your host, Nancy Kerala. Welcome back to the program and thank you so much for joining us today. Today we have our guests, Beth Myers and Wendy Benson. They are here discussing the competent patient part two. And we are so thrilled to have them join us today. And welcome back, Wendy, and welcome back, Beth. 
Thank you, Nancy. Thank you. You are so welcome. Thanks so much for being here with us today. We're learning so much from you and our caregivers and family and patients and, you know, everyone who is listening. Uh, there is something for everybody. Uh, we can never learn enough about the being the confident patient and all the information to help us support, especially during the pandemic. And Wendy, if you wouldn't mind, can you tell us how stress can impact the physical and emotional stress of family caregivers and is there anything that can help alleviate some of the stress? Thank you so much for asking that, Nancy. You know, um, as we mentioned before, you know, even um, before COVID, going to the doctor can be stressful. Caring for our loved ones can be stressful. If we have questions about our own health, um, that can be anxiety-provoking. So there are all these things that we really want to manage effectively because it doesn't really help us to be um, feeling so much stress. You know, number one, you know, from a medical perspective, the immune system can become compromised with, with you know, an exorbitant amount of stress and it makes us more vulnerable um, to any disease, to any virus, to anything. Um, and so we really want to be sure that we're managing our stress effectively. It can also, um, stress can also cause further isolation and fatigue. So I think that, you know, it's important for all of us to try to be, number one, as we mentioned before, extremely, um, you know, practice gratitude and then also be mindful of caring for our own mental health, you know, to be sure that we're not emotionally isolated and that's been challenging over the last year and a half. Sometimes we have to do things in a very different way. Um, Sometimes you can build a relationship over Zoom. I always say it's easier to maintain a relationship over Zoom. There are friends that I've been more in contact with since the pandemic because we have a Zoom call, and before, phone calls didn't work very well for us. Um, really making sure that you have relationships with your community um, in terms of any local and national organizations, especially as it relates to um, maybe you know some of the diseases or conditions that people are dealing with. Stress can affect our endurance, um, so we really need to make sure that we're trying to stay as, you know, physically and mentally healthy as possible, and for me personally, I've really had to work harder at that in the last year and a half. My, uh, like, like many people, our schedules are so different, and so we've had to try to incorporate things that before were just maybe part of our daily routine. And then to tap into our network, and you know, if, if you or your loved one is going through something and, and people offer to help, I think it's... It's not unusual to say, no, 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 that's okay, I got it. But I think it's, it's helpful to be able to accept some of these offers of assistance, and it makes them feel like they're contributing and, and helping too. So I do think that we need to make an extra effort to um, accept some help and assistance from our loved ones. Exactly. Thanks so much, Wendy. And, you know, we're living in such turbulent times and nothing is of the norm as we knew it. So you're right. Just say yes, accept the offer and everyone can work through the stress that everything, you know, is elevated at this time. And, and Beth, family caregivers have a lot to fret about, especially right now. And we know worry doesn't help and that it doesn't stop. From creeping up and if we ignore the stress it builds but there are healthy ways to cope with these challenges how can caregivers help their family members manage their mental illness chronic diseases loneliness and the anxiety in this new world sure so one of the most important responsibility for care caregivers is to help the family members stay connected to their medical team uh, and there's several ways to do this uh, they can help by making and keeping medical appointments. I know it's so much easier to cancel the appointment because you don't feel good, but that's when the doctors want to see you. They don't want to see you when you're 100%. They want to see you when you're at your worst so they can try to help you figure it out. So I know I know it's easy to cancel those appointments, but really stick to that appointment that the doctor made. Um, if there needs to be a change, maybe someone's vomiting and, and they can't get into the car, you know, messaging that, te that team on um, the patient portals is really helpful, um, and it gets to the, the team quicker than a phone call does. Um, like I said, it's in the electronic medical record, which is a legal document, so I, I just feel like it gets answered quickly. Another thing is to maintain their medication and treatment schedules. Make sure they're not stopping any of their anxiety medications, um, without talking to their psychiatrist or their blood pressure medications. There's so many people that feel if they're on um, a, 
an antidepressant that, wow, I'm going to stop taking my drug because I feel great. I, I'm really happy. I, you know, I, I don't need it anymore. Well, you, you feel great because the medication's working. And then what happens is you come off the medications and then you go right back to where you were again. So it's really important that you don't change any of your medications. Blood pressure medication, your blood pressure's fine now because you're taking your blood pressure medications. And as soon as you stop that, then it's going to go back and it's going to be high again. So um, really make sure you're talking to your healthcare providers before you're making any changes. And then the third thing is um, if a medication is changed by one doctor, make sure all the other medical providers are aware that they, and that they have the correct name and dosage. So when I'm working with a patient, what I'll do is on their medication card, I will write um, who made a change, the date that it was changed, and why they changed it. Because in two or three years, maybe we need to go back to this medication we'll know why it didn't work the first time. And so we're, it's, it's not trial and error. We've already tried it. We know it doesn't work. We know it gives you palpitations or we know that um, you can't sleep on it. So make sure you're leaving those notes so you can remind yourself in a couple years or a couple months on why you went off that medication. Fantastic information. What great advice. Thank you so much, Beth. And Beth, technology has really made a footprint and it propelled into the healthcare experience nowadays. And, you know, patients and their caregivers have varying degrees of comfort and familiar, familiarity. Huh. Okay. It's going to be one of those days <laughs> and familiarity with this technology. Um, what are some ways that caregivers and their family members utilize technology to stay connected to their medical teams? Yeah, so there's some free resources um, or videos that you can use to set up on your iPhone or app. Some of them, um, Caring Bridge was awesome when my niece was sick 10 years ago. Um, my brother could write um, every night and just update everybody. So if you wanted to read about it, you could. And then he wasn't getting bombarded with, with phone calls. Um, you know, some other free apps are CareZone and lots of helping hands. Um, and they can help coordinate um, if you need help with scheduling appointments or information for medical teams, um, and even the, just the day-to-day status on how your family member is feeling. So that's one thing that you can do. Um, the virtual appointments scheduled, call the doctor's office in advance and ask if there's a platform you need to download. I I have to say I haven't had much luck. Um, I, you know, I think it's just it, the last couple months that I've been able to use the um, the platforms that the physician's offices are using, a lot of times they'll just call me on um, my iPhone and I can do a FaceTime that way. So at least the appointment is still getting done. It's not ideal, I'm sure, but um, at least you can see the doctor and everything. So call the physician beforehand and make sure that you know what platform that they're using. And usually they'll send you out an email beforehand. Um, and then be sure your family members have access to the patient portal and passwords. Um, so, you know, I have my parents' uh, email, emails and passwords to their patient portals um, as well as my all my other patients. That way, I, if I need to go in, um, I can send a message to you on behalf of the patient. Um, and then once it's set up, you can ask the provider the questions, also pay the bills, see the test results online. And then what I do is if you're going to go outside to another institution, I will print out of my labs so the next physician who's at the other hospital that can't see those labs have it and then I'll print all those out and I bring those to all my other um, subsequent doctor's appointments so hopefully if they want to repeat a test um, they don't I'm sorry if they want to test you don't need to repeat it you'll have the results right there and um, it won't waste any time or money that's wonderful thank you so much Beth for sharing that and Beth, mm-hmm. as many of our listeners are aware and understand the C. difficile infections can cause an extreme amount of pain, what advice do you have for patients who are managing pain during recovery? Sure. So you really need to, you know, keep your doctors and your health care team aware of the pain level so that they can provide pain relief. I know patients hate when we say on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the worst pain you've ever had, um, what would you rate your pain? But it is so helpful for the team to realize what's working and what's not. Um, if you say your pain is a 10, then I know it's absolutely you know, the worst pain ever. If you're telling me it's a 4, now I know it's, it's something livable. If you're telling me that your pain went from a 10 to a 7, I know that the pain medication isn't enough and then we need to help you get some more. If you're telling me your pain went from a 10 to 4, well, now I'm feeling more comfortable with that. So that, it really, I know it, it seems like a childish thing, but it really, really is so helpful for patients. 
Um, and then if a patient's at home, we recommend them calling their doctor's office. And if they're not able to speak with a nurse um, and ask questions such as what the pain medication, what pain medication can you take? Are there any side effects? Um, and make sure to remind your healthcare team about the medications you are currently taking so that there are no interactions. Um, and then also, um, there's also maybe some other ways that you can non-medicinal ways of um, keeping your pain under control, maybe a heating pad, maybe a, you know, a warm bath, um, maybe laying on your left side, some kind of a positioning. So there might be some little, you know, um, little hints uh, along the way that your healthcare provider can help besides just, you know, handing out medications. Thank you so much, Beth. We appreciate all that information. And we're two minutes before commercial. And Wendy, and we want to know if you can briefly explain to our listeners about proper nutrition, especially after surgery or while managing a disease. It's really important for recovery. While there are foods C. diff patients need to avoid uh, and the patient is still uh, needing nutrition to heal, can you tell our patients and the listeners about the importance of proper nutrition and recovery? Absolutely. Thank you, Nancy. Um, you know, we recommend that our patients talk to a dietitian before they leave the hospital. Um, and there are dietitians that work at hospitals, and then there are also dietitians who are available on an outpatient basis. Here at 2 by 2 Health, um, we have uh, dietitians that help our patients and, um, and, their cab- and their caregivers really kind of navigate what they can and can't eat. I think it's important to know what foods to eat and what foods to avoid. And then are there nutritional supplements that may be helpful if you're not able to meet your dietary needs um, with food alone? So I think that really utilizing dietitians as resources is, is a really com- important component of, um, of being a confident patient. Absolutely. We couldn't agree with you more on that. And at this time, we're going to pause for a commercial break. When we return, we will continue discussing the Confident Patient Part 2 with our guests, Beth Myers and Wendy Benson. Please stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Because C. difficile lives on surfaces for weeks, because it infects nearly 500,000 Americans yearly, you need disinfectants you can trust. Clorox Healthcare bleach products, cited by more studies to kill C. diff than any other products. EPA registered to kill C. diff in as fast as three minutes. Trusted disinfectants to kill C. diff spores in hospitals, because even one C. diff infection is too many. Learn more at CloroxHealthcare.com. Join us on November 4th and 5th for the 9th Annual International C. diff Conference and Health Expo. This will be a live two-day online event dedicated to healthcare professionals worldwide. For conference details and to register, please visit the conference website at cdiff2021.com or the C. diff Foundation's website at cdifffoundation.org and plan ahead for next year when we look forward to meeting you in person on November 3rd and 4th, 2022 at the Boston Logan Hilton hotel if you miss the live broadcast of c diff spores and more we invite you to listen at your leisure in addition to the on-demand show on voice america health and wellness find us on apple podcasts google podcasts stitcher spotify TuneIn, and iHeartRadio. take us with you worldwide have you done any of these things today exited a restroom entered and exited a patient's room visited a doctor's office have you done this today washed your hands. Hand washing remains the single most important task of the day. It takes soap, water, a minimum of 30 seconds, and a clean dry towel to turn off faucets and dry hands to stop giving germs a free ride. Keep safe from germs worldwide. Hand washing, number one in infection prevention. For additional information on hand washing instructions, visit cdifffoundation.org. To help support the C. diff foundation, please visit our website, cdifffoundation.org forward slash donate, or call toll-free 1-844-4-C-DIFF. That's 1-844-367-2343. 
Join us in our fight against C. diff and help us continue our mission of educating and advocating for C. diff infection prevention, treatments, and environmental safety worldwide. Through your continued support, we can continue raising C. diff awareness and help save lives. Donate today. Visit cdifffoundation.org. Thank you. You are listening to C. diff spores and more. If you have a question, please send an email to info at cdifffoundation.org. Now back to our program. Here again is your host, Nancy Kerala. Welcome back to the program, and thank you so much for joining us today on C. diff spores and more, where we have our special guests, Beth Myers and Wendy Benson, here discussing the confident patient part two, and especially managing healthcare through this unprecedented times. And at this time, we'd like to welcome back Wendy and Beth. Welcome back to the program. Thank you, Nancy. Thank you so much for being here. And Wendy, I'm going to ask you before we close the program today, would you mind going over some key points about this episode and information that you've shared with our listeners today? Absolutely. It would be my pleasure. Thank you, Nancy. You know, I just think it's important to remind ourselves that it is good and it is productive to ask questions. Um, We want to be on the same page with our medical team. Most people didn't go to medical school You know, we often feel comfortable in a restaurant asking a question of our server of what's in a sauce, but sometimes we get hung up on, oh, I should know this information. I'm embarrassed to ask the doctor or the nurse practitioner or the nurse this question, and I really just want to make sure that we get more comfortable asking those questions. We want to be an active, engaged member, team member with the team. It's, you know, it's good to say, please tell me more about that, or If a test is being prescribed, what are we hoping for? What results are we looking for? Can you please break it down for me? So I think that asking questions is, number one, one of the most important things that we can do. Um, Number two, like Beth mentioned before, having someone come to a doctor's office visit with you, um, coming up with notes in advance, um, things you want to be sure you address, questions to make sure that you ask. Sometimes if we're focusing on the questions we want to ask, it's really hard to take in new information. And again, some of those lists of questions can include things like, you know, um, do you, are you still figuring out my diagnosis or do we know what that is yet? Um, what test will help point to more information on how we can move forward? If the test results come back, how will they be communicated to me? And if I have questions about that, who do I ask that to? So I think just knowing in advance some of the questions to ask and really having them written down can be very helpful walking into an appointment. Okay, wonderful. Thanks so much, Wendy. And Beth, would you like to add to some of the key points about this episode that we have been learning so much from you? Sure. So, you know, confidence is not about knowing everything. It's having the courage to actively collaborate. It's about knowing who to connect with, what to ask, and how to move forward with that additional knowledge and information. So, I mean, you really need to to feel strong and confident when you go to a doctor's office. And if if you're not, then just ask questions so you can learn more. You know, Helen Keller said, optimism is the faith that leads to achievement. Nothing can be done without hope and confidence. So I hope everybody is, becomes a, a confident patient and feels good, you know, and strong when they go to a physician's office. Okay, thanks so much, Beth. And Beth, would you mind uh, sharing with our listeners where they can reach you and more information about the services and the purchase of your book? Hi, Nancy. It's Wendy. I was just going to chime in here. You know, um, at our uh, website is two by two health dot com. It's the number two the number two health.com and we would love for people to go there and also follow us on our fake Facebook page at two by two health.com. It's really exciting because in addition to being able to see uh, in our smiling faces and information on the book, we also have um, a um, new video series that is updated regularly. So it takes the information that's in the confident patient and we interview um, healthcare professionals about what's going on currently today um, and how we can move forward in these, um, in these uncertain times. That's amazing. And how would they get sign on to the YouTube channel, Wendy? Um, so it's it's a two by two health. So it's the number two X, the number two health. 
Okay, that's wonderful. And we still have three minutes before we close the program. And Wendy or Beth, would you like to add anything else before we close the program today? Yeah, we'd be happy to. Thank you, Nancy. You know, it's been really exciting doing this video series, which is the companion piece to the book, The Confident Patient. And, you know, the video is called um, The Confident Patient in a New World because, as we all know, the last (laughs) 18 to 24 months has been a whole new world. And what's been great about it is we've been able to interact with medical professionals um, via Zoom uh, where we talk about things that are currently happening in the world. We've talked with um, a pediatric surgeon, a breast surgeon, a psychologist, um, primary care physicians, dietitians. Um, and really what we're finding is, you know, number one, everybody's dealing with this in their own way, but we've really got to take care of each other. You know, um, Beth and I recently wrote a chapter for another book, and it's really describing caregiving is very much like tree. Like we have to have a strong root system. We have to take care of making sure that we're hydrating ourselves and staying healthy ourselves so that we can take care of other people and provide shade for them. Um, And so really this has been a journey for all of us. And I think that as much as we can support each other, the stronger community will all be so that we can be here for each other going forward. Absolutely. Wendy, thank you so much for sharing that uh, with our listeners. And Beth, also thank you so much for sharing all the great information you did today. And we thank both of you for joining us today on C. Dip Spores and More. And we're so grateful for your dedication to the healthcare and in the healthcare community. And at this time, the members of the C. Dip Foundation would like to thank Fermine Pharmaceuticals for being the global sponsor. Series Therapeutics for being the diamond sponsor, Pfizer for being the gold sponsor, Acurix Pharmaceuticals and Merck for being the silver sponsors of this year's fifth annual global C. diff awareness walks taking place on September 25th. You can learn more about the walks uh, by visiting cdiffwalks.com and learn more about the online presence and also in in person uh, walks this September 25th. November 1st will be the Seed of Survivors Day. Join us online for a live online meeting. November 4th and 5th 2021 is the ninth annual International C. diff Conference and Health Expo live online two-day event. To learn more about the event and to register, please visit cdiff2021.com for all the pertinent information. Our thanks to the C. diff Foundation for providing the support to families, patients, and caregivers. And we send out our get well wishes to all patients being treated for and recovering from a C. diff infection and the many wellness draining illnesses being combated across the globe. I'm your host, Nancy Corrala, with a reminder that none of us can do this alone. All of us can do this together. We wish you good health, continued healing, and a good day. Thank you for tuning in this week for C. diff, spores, and more. Be sure to join your host, Nancy Kerala, again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, that's 1 p.m. Eastern Time, for another edition of our program on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. None of us can do this alone. All of us can do this together.